listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. I am Andrew Berkshire from Game Over Montreal on the Steve Dangle Podcast Network, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Mary Clark from For the Win. We've got an exciting show to you for you today, sponsored by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. That's right, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we have some interesting stuff to talk about today around the NHL, including are the Predators actually a legit contender this year after we all thought that they would be rebuilding coming into the year? Some ins- insane scoring flips. We had two... Uh, unprecedented games happened in the NHL last week, which we have to talk about. And also, the Pacific playoff race is heating up, which might have some playoff, or uh, let's say some implications on the trade deadline that ripple through it. And of course, we'll finish up with our pop culture roulette segment. But before we get into the hockey talk, Mary, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Um, I... uh had a uh, bridal shower to go to for a friend of mine so that was nice uh made some it was really nice because it was unique it wasn't like i guess your typical bridal shower it was at some sort of like place where you can make like soaps and candles and hand cream uh and uh it was really cool because you could like customize your own like we did like hand cream and soap and it was really cool and now my hands smell great all the time and uh i was just it was it was a good weekend uh it's really nice out here it's close to 70 uh today in uh, pennsylvania i don't know what that is in uh celsius but it is unseasonably warm for march uh and i think the i think winter is nearly behind us because i keep looking at the calendar and it's above 50 degrees for like the next like 10 days and i'm like you know what I'm here for it. It has been it's been a it's been a long winter, but we're almost out of it and I'm very happy. Just oh, it's so nice to see the sun again, Andrew, it really is. Yeah, it's not that nice here. It's warming Aww. up, but uh yeah, so 70 degrees is about 21 in Celsius, mm-hmm. which is quite nice. Here we're just hovering around 0, which is I think around 34 Celsius, which is freezing. Mm-hmm. Is that that correct? Anyway, uh, I think it's 32, but yeah, yeah, everything here is wet and ice. Uh, it took me about mm. 10 minutes this morning to get back into my parking spot. Oh, from, no. Uh, dropping off the kids because like every time I would try to turn, the car would just slide if I hit the gas. <laughs> I was like, don't hit that fence. So uh, entertaining, Canada's, but uh, Canada is a do. different breed, a different breed entirely. So and I this hope is the warm part of, of Canada. Oh, I'm so sorry you have to deal with that. Not for much longer. It'll, it'll get warm soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I, last night when we were doing bedtime, uh, Dylan had a bit of a meltdown. I saw and, this. It was yeah. so cute. And he was, he was crying initially because he wanted to see a pterodactyl. And I was like, they're extinct, but he's been extinct before humans even existed. And he was like, but I want to see a real one. No, we can't see a real one. Just like, freaking out. And I was like, we can see their bones. No, a real one that moves. We can see an animatronic. There's like things that like a robot version that looks like a real one. No, only a real one. And that went into he was like, sometimes during the day when I'm awake, I have dreams of the flowers blooming. And I was like, yep, soon. He's like, but it's not now. And I was like, I know. (laughs) Four year old with winter depression. Oh, no, buddy. Oh, no, buddy. (laughs) 
yeah, at least he had a spring rough will one. be here. Oh, it's okay. We've all had those moments where we're like, man, wouldn't it be cool if dinosaurs were real? I mean, they were real, 100%. but like currently real, but like, no. I mean, though, to be fair, we've all seen Jurassic Park and, you know, we know how that goes. So yeah. I think it might be for the best. Probably for is, the best. I, that, you know, that it's the way it is now. Yeah. So there was that and it was it was a long weekend. We'll we'll put it that way. But uh, <laughs> the kids were soon. He wants to make his own garden, which is fun. <laughs> so we're going to do some digging this spring and let him plant his own flowers think, and his own vegetables. I stuff. think we need a little time on the podcast each day to be like, you know, Dylan's corner or whatever, <laughs> like his little is like whatever he's been up to type of thing, because like I, you know. It's nice to hear about these these wonderful kids you have, Andrew, because they're so they're so lovely. Every time I hear about them, I'm like, they're so precious. So thank you. Yes, yeah, so I don't. I don't this. tell the shitty parts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's I guess kind of how parenting is. I suppose this is true. So. All right, so let's get into the hockey. Uh, obviously, the National Predators are where we're going to start out. Uh, an eight nothing win over San Jose this weekend, which I mean, San Jose is not legit, so I guess it's. It's a blowout win, right? But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going well for the Predators right now. I think, like, I know I wasn't the only one who expected them to be way out of the playoffs this year. That was, like, the general expectation. I don't remember how you had them rated, Mary, but this is, like, coming into the season with how Johansson and Duchenne had played the last couple years, I viewed them as... UC Saros and Roman Yossi, and that's about it. Yeah, I definitely did not have them rated this high at all. Um, it, there was a time, if we can, you know, cast our minds back to, I think, the trade deadline last year, where we had conversations of should Nashville, you know, sell the farm. Uh, and they actually did sell some things, too. Uh, they are missing one Ryan Ellis, uh, who they traded to the Flyers, who has been injured all season this year. So pieces have been moved off this Predators team um, and it's not nearly as drastic as uh, you know we were thinking last trade deadline because they were kind of in a rut last year for a while um, and it was really looking like this was you know Poyle's last go uh, as GM like we we were having those conversations and suddenly they turned it around right before the deadline they didn't sell anybody off uh, they made a bit of you know like they you know had a little bit of noise uh, but overall like coming into this season I, I still didn't believe it but you're right like uh UC Saros is a big reason why that they why they're you know continuing to be as good as they are because he's been playing really really fantastic this season um and I know he's not like in the upper echelons of like the you know Igor Shosturkins and Vasilevskis but he's carrying uh a lot of this team but also Matt Duchesne is really living up finally living up to his contract i believe he's nearly a point per game player uh with the predators and for a while that contract was much maligned on this team um and it was you know it was not great and it, he was you know he was underperforming uh to expectations uh on this team and he really seems to have found his groove this year and it a lot about the Predators confuses me because, you know, they're doing well. They're in, you know, the playoff race. They're currently, as of Monday, um, in the last wild card spot with 66 points. Edmonton is behind them with 64. Uh, and we'll talk about the Pacific um, playoff races later in the show. But, like, 
they have all this success going for them. And then there's been rumors that who is it? Forsberg is going to get uh, is Traded. possibly yeah. on the trade market. And he's been a really good player for them this year. So I, I know we're talking about, you know, the Predators and, you know, making the playoffs and, you know, pushing teams um, like pushing teams better than them to, you know, be better and stuff like that. But like, I, I guess I'm just confused about the Predators identity because they're doing really well this year and they've got some good pieces and they're meshing well, but then they're talking about trading one of their best pieces. Maybe it's because of his contract. That's very, I believe he could be a UFA at the end of the season. Please don't quote me on that. I don't. Yeah. I, okay. He is cool. That's probably the reason why they're shopping him then, but like, cause they want to get something um instead of nothing because of the way their you know cap situation is but it's just a very confusing i don't know it seems like it's just a very confusing like identity for them to you know be like we're we're doing really well or at least compared to what we thought we were going to be but also hey look at this uh you know this player who's been one of our best this year and if we lose him we will probably drop out of the playoff race immediately so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Andrew, if you're just as confused as I am on the Predators identity, but it's been a weird one this year for me because they're doing better than expected, but then they're also like, hey, we might trade off one of our best players for a return, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because I think the Fleet Forsberg thing is just like, I don't buy it. I don't buy he's on the market. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> We're recording early Catching. in the morning. This happens. Well, also, I, I've caught something from the kids this week. Oh, no. So, yeah, I woke oh, up with a sore kids. throat. So, you know, great to talk for a living when you have a sore throat. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, Fleet Forsberg is a fantastic hockey player. He's the youngest player of the, any of their impact forwards, which is weird to think about because he's been there forever, right? Oh, yeah. But I think the big thing that they're worried about is committing another large contract to mm -hmm. a player who's, you know, at the at the second half of their prime years, right? Like Matt Deshane is making 8 million a year until 25, 26. Ryan Johansson is making 8 million a year until 24, 25. And Roman Yossi is making $9 million a year until at least 26, 27. Let me just check here quickly when his contract ends 27, 28. So oh, wow. he's signed forever. Yeah. He's 30 years old, <laughs> 31 oh, years old already. That Roman Yossi contract is. Yeah. He's had another fantastic year. He's a great mm -hmm. player. I mean, he's it... in he's in uh, Norris contention. So, like, I mean, I yeah. know, like, we we talked last week with our predictions that you know, Kale McCarr and basically Victor Hedman are like the one two. But uh, you know, he's in Norris contention. It is, you know, I mean, they're paying him the big bucks, and that this contract doesn't look going to look great in a couple of years. But he's still an incredibly effective player. It is just 100%. the tail. It's the tail end of that when it's going to be bad, most likely because yes you know, agent curve that's how it works yeah yeah so there's a lot of that but they do have cap space the issue mm -hmm. is like i looked at their the bottom of their lineup and i thought this team is terrible and i got to talk to uh eric young for game over when the Habs played the predators like i guess it was probably almost two months ago now uh, he's a wrestler and he's a huge predators fan but he's a canadian i think he's from the like Toronto region originally, but lives in Nashville, absolutely loves the Predators. And he was telling me that <clears throat> a big difference maker for them this season was uh, the play of Yakov Trenin and Tanner Janot, who have been brought like this incredible blend of toughness and uh, scoring ability to their fourth line. Essentially, I think it's with Philip 
Tomasino between them. Don't quote me on that. But essentially, I think Michael McCarron is playing on the fourth line now. But that line has kind of given them the identity back of the Predators under like Barry Trotz, where they're that like hardworking, hit you in the face type team that really like they beat you down and then they kind of grind it out and win games. But they also have the high end skill at the top of the lineup and it's making made that high end skill have a bit more breathing room to do the scoring right so super interesting to see how that's actually worked out because i looked at this team at the beginning of the year and i thought they've got almost nothing for prospects right like they just have not drafted much at all there was one draft recently where they had literally one pick and i think it was in the third round Mm -hmm. so they haven't been able to stock the cupboards after their attempt to push for the stanley cup back in like 2017 2018 those couple of years and yet They've put together enough that they're relatively decent. Now, are they a contender? I don't think so, but they are absolutely a team that can upset a better team because of UC Saros and some of the high-end skill guys that they do have. And if those young players don't go away in in the playoffs, right? Like Ryan Johansson, again, has had another relatively a disappointing season, but that tenor Janot has 32 points in 55 games, 18 goals. Wow. Like Philip Tomasino, not as good, 21 points in 49 games, but he's 20. Like he's just a kid. And Yakov Trenin only has 18 points, but 13 goals, 13 gritty goals from a 14, from a fourth line player. That's pretty darn good. I think the one guy that they expected to step up a lot more than they have this year is uh, Eli Tolvanen, who only has seven goals in 52 games, but remains relatively dangerous. The thing is, he's shooting 5.9% this year. So I would earmark him as a guy who might head into the playoffs and all of a sudden regress to the mean and score like five goals in a seven-game series and piss off a, a team that expected to make it to the next round now remind me andrew how the uh playoff seedings work because it's not nearly as simple as it should be and i hate the nhl for doing this to me so how uh since you know nashville's sitting fifth in the central right now in that last wild card spot who as of monday would they be facing uh if we you know started the playoffs today type of situation yeah, so there is with the wild card, there's potential for crossover because mm-hmm. it's like the second wild card faces the top seeded team, regardless of division, and the first wild card faces the second seeded team, regardless of division. So Nashville would not cross over because the top seeded team in the West is Colorado. Colorado. So it would be Nashville, Colorado, Colorado in the first round. That would be a banger of a series, I must it say, would with, be. The, with the way that they're both playing right now. So and it would I- be. Dallas versus Calgary on the other side. Now, Ooh. I no offense to Dallas or Nashville, but I would really like to see Edmonton make it and get a, give us Calgary Edmonton in the first round. I just yeah. I just want the Battle of Alberta. It hasn't happened in a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I absolutely would too. But I I know you were you make a good point that Nashville seems primed to be a team that could be you know they're not a contender. Um, they're playing probably a little bit above their weight, uh, taking advantage of a really mixed, um, you know, Western conference that isn't as strong as the East. Um, and you know, they could be a dark horse contender to knock off a team, but if, you know, the playoffs started tomorrow, I would not be putting, uh, any money on Nashville uh, going over Colorado because they are just an absolute juggernaut right now, but you know, things can still change. They can move up and down the playoffs. Um, you know, it, there's still a lot of hockey left to be played, but 
Um, as long as they're not matched up against a Colorado, I can definitely, you know, there's a lot of room out there for, you know, the Predators to, you know, be a big upset team because you're right. They are poised uh, to do so with the the way their offensive talent has been cooking. And if, you know, UC Saros gets hot because that's, you know, if you're in the playoffs, all you need is a hot goaltender uh, and you can beat anybody uh, as we've seen time and time again. Um, it would be nice though, if we got, you know, Oilers, uh, flames because uh battle of alberta is a really fun time in the regular season uh and in the playoffs it would only just be even better because also there are going to be fans in the stands i think in canada you probably are back at full capacity by then yeah we i believe we're back at capacity now oh Uh, really cool yeah uh it depends on the province but i believe we are back at capacity as of end of february i know that Quebec and Ontario were up to fifty percent. Alberta's up to a hundred percent. Yeah, I was gonna say Winnipeg some places well. were at fifty. So, but yeah, by that by the time the playoffs roll around, you're gonna get uh, you know arenas full of uh, fans angry at one another. And I think uh, you know as an outsider to that, uh, it'd be really fun hockey to watch. But you know, don't sleep on the Predators in terms of you know where they finish the rest of the year, as long as they don't make any really out there trade deadline moves. I can, like I said, I can see it from their perspective in a way that, you know, they want to get something for Forsberg if it's not just all talk, because it very well could be, like you said, Andrew. But, you know, I don't think it makes sense for them if they have playoff aspirations to move him. But if they're looking towards the future, maybe you do it because, you know, you can get something for him um, instead of letting him walk uh, in free agency uh, in the summer. But, you know, don't sleep on the Predators, I think is what we're saying in terms of, you know, uh, they're not an easy out, uh, you know, so don't don't take them lightly. And who knows, come playoff time, if they're still kicking uh, in the race. But it's yeah, obviously to talk about at least how they end the season is going to matter, right? Like how hot they mm-hmm. are and who looks who's injured, who's not on whatever team. But I think unless they face Colorado, it might be worth putting a little bit of money on the National Predators if they make the playoffs, just because they're they're a little bit unpredictable. And mm-hmm. whenever you can make a little bit money at a little bit of money out of an upset. It's it's worth a little bit of scratch. And the place to do that is betonline.net. Football football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where you the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to the Olympics coverage and information. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so Mary, I noticed last week, because obviously I cover the Montreal Canadiens for a living, that between the game, uh, between the Jets and the Canadians, something happened for the first time in the history of the NHL. It didn't happen in the high-flying 80s. It didn't happen when the expansion period happened in the 1970s, and there were some bad teams and some good teams that really made the NHL the opposite of the parity league that we're in today. First of all, the Jets scored four straight goals in the opening few minutes of the game. And then the Canadians came back and scored four straight goals. And then the Canadians got into penalty trouble and the Jets scored four straight goals and the game ended eight to four. It had literally never happened in the history of the National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. And then 
Four days later, the Ottawa Senators and Arizona Coyotes play. The Arizona Coyotes score four straight goals. The Ottawa Senators score five straight goals. And then the Arizona Coyotes score four straight goals. And the game ends eight to five. Hundred years never happened. And then four days happens twice. That is absolutely wild. Chaos Chaos. Canadian teams, I'm telling you. First of all, they're bad. Second of all, bad teams can be fun. And also, Canadian teams are just absolutely chaotic in the Mm -hmm. most hilarious way possible. I was going to say, what's the link between all these teams? They're not very good, Andrew. Except for Arizona. Yes, they're all non-playoff teams. They're not very good, Andrew. But also, three of the four of them are Canadian teams. So also, yes, we can group them in that too. But yeah, it is really wacky. Um, What a hilarious coincidence uh for that to happen uh not once but twice uh for the first time in whatever you said 100 years or so which is bonkers um i love you know obscure like stats like that especially when they lean towards the chaos side of the nhl because um as we're going to talk about it seems as if you know uh goals are up this year and you know what you were saying about these two games really reminded me of like you know when you get like when the season first starts um there is it's the most chaotic the season will ever be uh, because, you know, people are still finding their legs. Um, you know, coaching systems haven't been drilled into uh, teams yet. Uh, and, you know, like I said, players are coming off of a long summer, even though, you know, they played, you know, preseason games and had training camp, but uh, there's a lot of chaos to start the NHL season. And we're still getting that sort of this year. I mean, what did we just say? Um Nashville beat San Jose 8-0 the other day. Uh, We had these two incredibly high-scoring games. um, And it feels like, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are involved in some sort of uh, epic collapse or epic, you know, blowout one way or another. So it just feels like we're getting a lot more chaos this year. Maybe it's just I'm, you know, paying more attention to it. that That's very possible. But it, it feels like some of the early season chaos has bled into this year and maybe that's because it's been such a wacky season we've had you know starts and stops uh in terms of you know covid stuff but it's just been a really fascinating thing to me to look at these and be like this reminds me a lot of just you know early season chaos because you often get like high scoring games early on in the season because you know goalies haven't really settled into a rhythm yet like i said uh, coaching structures haven't been hammered into players heads uh there's no, it's just more chaotic. And of course, the playoffs are their own brand of chaos uh, because of the intensity um, and stuff like that. You don't often get high scoring games such as that in the playoffs. But, you know, it, it just reminded me a lot of that. And I just think it's neat that we're carrying that at least a little bit into, um, you know, as we get through the regular season, because, you know, usually by this time, it's, you know, scoring is oftentimes slowed down a little bit. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So. Uh, it's just a, I, I, obviously I don't have like stats and numbers to back that up. I just think it's uh, neat that we're at least, you know, getting a little bit of early season chaos in the middle of the regular season. 100%. And I feel like for bad teams, the whole season is the early season, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. the one fun thing about bad teams that, I mean, watching Montreal until the coaching change, that wasn't the case because they just couldn't score. So it was just them getting pounded every night, but the one fun thing about bad teams is that because they're a little bit unpredictable, things can go crazy. I do think that we're in a situation where like over the last decade or so, maybe even longer, I guess going back to the 0405 lockout, 
like lead changes are more common in hockey and we see big leads change even when the scoring has fallen off lead changes continue to be something that occurs frequently in this game which is a good thing i mean it's, it's it is more chaotic but it's way more entertaining that a team can't score a couple goals in the first couple of minutes and sit on it the entire game and definitely win, right? Like in the clutch and grab era of hockey, that's what it was, which I know Mary was before your time. I know, but it used to be real bad. It used Mm -hmm. to be real boring at times. One thing that I thought was super interesting about this season is that save percentage is up. It's higher than last season. Uh, Last season was the lowest average save percentage since 0809. But despite that, goals were down. This year, goals are actually up despite save percentage rising because we're seeing almost two shots per game per team more than last year. And power play efficiency is has increased. Now, the other weird thing is that if you look at it in terms of just this year to last year, the difference is not that big in terms of goals scored. But... It seems to me that there's more goals being scored outside of overtime. So fewer games are going to overtime, which is really interesting to break down because that means that there's like a little bit less parity maybe. And as much as I like three on three hockey, I think more games ending in three on three is a bad thing Mm -hmm. just because it's fun, but I don't think the better team often is guaranteed to or like not. I don't think three on three has as much of a reflection of who was the better team than a game that ends in regulation time. If you no, yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense. It's just the way that the NHL is because we don't have ties. Yes, um, they they had to do something because we don't want to have ties in the record. So they came and up we don't with, want you know, every shootout to happen because and, that's yeah. not great. Yeah, and I mean, what we really should do is you know extend uh, three on three over time and just get rid of the shootout altogether. But that is a conversation we don't need to have because you are. <laughs> but you are right. Like the overtime does not reflect the state of hockey as a whole in terms of you know uh, what actually happened during the game. It's fun. It's incredibly fun. I'm glad uh, for the most part, or at least some teams. Like you know, it hasn't like it hasn't been coached. Like the fun hasn't been coached out of it. Um, it's it's still enjoyable to watch for me. Uh, because it is it is just you know it can be you know ping they can ping pong up and down the ice it's just really fun um you know at its best moments but you are right it does not reflect how you know the game should have gone but um i think that all those stats are fascinating though uh but they make sense i wonder how much of the like lack of defensive play comes down to like the islanders not being good yeah i mean that's very possible the islanders are such a huge part of uh like they're like one of the big defensive teams alongside, you know, like Carolina. And when one of them isn't doing so hot this year, the numbers could reflect that. Even though they are one team, it would still at least, you know, move the needle. And especially because I think the Islanders have been atrocious this year in terms of defense, which is very abnormal for them. So, but you know what, though? The Islanders, <clears throat> to put some respect on their name, despite the fact that uh, the way they play, I think, is... I respect Barry Trotz because they're fa- he's such a fantastic coach. I just fundamentally disagree with that approach to hockey. <laughs> I think it's super <laughs> boring. But they have scored only one more goal than the Arizona Coyotes for the second last, second fewest goals in the NHL this season. Granted, they have three games in hand over the Coyotes. But while the Coyotes are negative 69 in goal differential, 
the Coyote or the Arizona, or sorry, not stuck on Arizona. The New York Islanders are only minus 14 because they have allowed very few goals this season, only 147. It's the fourth lowest in the whole league. That's wild. So they're still not allowing goals. It's just that, I don't know, maybe they're just not a premier organization this year. And that impression gives off the idea that uh, they're terrible. Uh, defensively, things are right? just wacky. Things are just wacky this year. I yeah, think, I think we can both. Year. I think we can just both agree to give the Islanders a mulligan for this year oh, because yeah. the circumstances surrounding their season were wild. I mean, they started off the year going 13 straight on the road or something like that, 13, 15 straight on the road, um, and that definitely impacts the team, especially because we were still dealing with you know COVID more. I mean, we're still dealing with it now. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, but we were dealing with it more than at the start of the season. Uh, so it really must have just disrupted their season entirely. And they just haven't been able to claw their way back because uh, the East has already been set. I mean, we talked about them last week uh, in terms of, you know, their playoff uh, implications, but it is a lost cause for them this season. But, you know, th- they had things to improve on. There's a reason why they didn't get to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, they yes. just couldn't score. They are a great team defensively. They just don't yeah. have the scoring chops to. They still know, don't score. It. Yeah. Right. Still, Obviously. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like clearly things need to change there. I know suddenly we're talking about the Islanders in this, uh, you know, section that was, you know, scoring specific, specific, but it makes sense because the Islanders are the antithesis of scoring. They do. They do not score. They are not a scoring team. And, you know, the sooner I think they realize they need more scoring and can also do defense, I think the better they will be. But, you know, maybe that's kind of the thing in the salary cap world. You can't have it all. You have to pick your strengths and maybe the Islander strengths are their defense. And then maybe they're just, you know, perpetually stuck to finish uh, behind the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference final. Sorry, Islanders fans. Uh, But it has happened to you multiple times. So, uh, but, you know, it is it. They're a really interesting team, and I'll be excited to see what they do next year as long as they add some really like unique offensive pieces because I don't think they can continue on with the way that they have. The league is just too high scoring, as we've talked about. <clears throat> Goals are up and save percentage is up, which means you know teams are shooting more. Like I said, power play is more efficient. That's not going to cut it for the Islanders um, against top teams in the East, like your Tampa Bays. Um, and I think Carolina is a good model for this because they are stout defensively. But also they can score too. So like clearly something is working for Carolina that hasn't worked for the Islanders. Um, well, and Carolina was that team for a long time, right? They would take a mm-hmm. ton of shots and they, they couldn't score. They worked really hard to add a lot of talent uh, through the draft, through development, <clears throat> sorry, through trades. And it's worked out magnificently. I should say also that power play, power play efficiency has literally never been higher in NHL wow. history than it is right now. Uh, wait, no, sorry, that's wrong. Never been <laughs> higher since the 80s. Well, since the 80s. Still, so, but since, since hockey alive, mattered, frankly. Yeah. Well, since I've been alive, so because yeah. I was not born in the 80s, so, you know. So, different uh, different thing. The highest that we've seen recently is 2017-18, which was 20.18%. This is 20.6% on average this year. So, I we are seeing more coaching for offense, which I think is the main takeaway of what's gone on this year is coaching used to really be focused on defense, shutting people down. Uh, I mean, the trap you know, was a big thing for a while. Yes, 
I mean, it still is, right? The left yeah, wing but, lock. It, it's still, still a big part of the game, but that was like the only focus of coaches was to get that out of the game. Hard checking. You hear John Tortorella talk and like, this is how the game is supposed to be played. Now we see coaching for offense. We see players pushing to get those cross seam passes, those slot line passes, getting the shots closer to the net, more dangerous shots, get the goalie moving. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think there, it's easy to get bogged down in especially if you're a fan of a specific team, bad things happening or uh, the a stretch of games where your team can't score or games are a little bit boring. But overall, the NHL, I think, is slowly trending in the right direction. And I think it's only going to get better as more people like, say, Martin St. Louis become part of the NHL structure and there's less people who are, you know, in their 70s trying to play the same game as the 90s. And the more uh, young talent we get. Uh, I mean, we're going to have... Yeah, the more Trevor Zagreses. Yeah, I mean, the young crop of players that are going to be influenced by, uh, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, the ones we've got uh, coming in the draft this upcoming year and the years to come. They're, you know, a, it's a really in- like fun time to be a hockey fan in terms of, like, the on-ice product. There's a lot surrounding the NHL that sucks. Uh, and we've covered that extensively. But in terms of the on-ice product and the intensity, this is the way you want the NHL to be trending. I'm sorry, John Tortorella, um, but, you know, this is good for the game. It really is. Um, and it's great to see that the numbers support that, too. Um, and I think excitement is what we all kind of want from the NHL's on-ice product at the end of the day. Uh, and like I said, I'm talking just about the on-ice product because we have had our multiple conversations about how the NHL has failed in other regards but yes. you know this is good for hockey fans who you know enjoy the game at a fast pace it means the playoffs will be really good too most likely um like we were just talking about some potential matchups um as long as you know things don't completely bottom out i think we're really um like headed towards an incredible playoff uh and i'm excited it's gonna be a good time and playoff hockey is just a different beast altogether it's just so fun 100 percent. all right uh, we'll move on from this segment now and Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Pacific. Well, I guess it's the Western Conference wildcard spot race, really. But it's a lot of Pacific teams that are surprisingly in the conversation now after seeming out of it the last couple of weeks. So we're going to come talk about that coming up next. And right now, we got to tell you about Rock Auto. That's right. We already talked about Rock Auto off the hop, but we're going to tell you about it again. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to carry all of the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or your car dealership. I experienced this actually last week because I had to order a LED light for the back of my vehicle that goes uh, behind the uh, rear view or not rear view mirror behind the rear window because uh, it cracked in the winter and some water got in there and then it froze and it cracked worse and half of the LEDs weren't working. So I need to be able to signal that I'm going to stop so that I don't get rear ended. So I replaced that light using rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Do You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need at rockauto.com. 
So, Mary, I was looking at the standings and watching some recent games. Uh, specifically, I watched uh, the, the Vancouver Canucks come back against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday and win the game unexpectedly after Austin Matthews looked like he was taking over the game. But uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs can't get a save. And <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks have won seven of their last ten. And after, like, they had that really hot start with Bruce Boudreaux, and they cooled off, and they were basically a 50-50 team, and it looked like they couldn't quite make the climb back into the conversation. But they are now just a couple, I think, five points out of the wild... No, four points out of the wild card spot. They've got fewer games to play, but they're the hottest team outside of Dallas in that group. That's super interesting. And yes. they've so in that conversation, if you just look at the wild card spot, you see Dallas, Nashville, Edmonton, Anaheim, and Vancouver. And it seems like Anaheim is kind of falling out, but they're not out of it yet. The one that's surprising to me, though, is if you actually look at the points, the Minnesota Wild are now tied with Dallas, same number of points, and they're two and eight. Ooh. in their last 10. And Cam Talbot is letting in at least five goals every game for like their last 12 or 15 games. Yeah, like, that is the Cam it Talbot is experience. Not, yeah, it's not looking too great for the Minnesota Wild, who are a very good team, but are in legitimate danger of falling out of the playoffs. So yeah. there's a good chunk of teams here that things could go crazy. And what I'm looking at is... You know, we're hoping for a really entertaining trade deadline. We are two weeks away from it now. Yeah, two weeks as we record on Monday. So it's the 21st. Right. And the biggest player available at, or supposedly available at this year's trade deadline is JT Miller from the Vancouver Canucks. He is absolutely on fire. I believe he is way over a point per game. And if I'm the Vancouver Canucks, who have made the playoffs, I believe, twice since Jim Benning was hired with this new management team, with this new coaching staff, a bit of renewed optimism in the organization. Yeah. JT Miller has 63 points in 55 games, by the way. Insane. Uh, I wonder if they push for the playoffs instead. I know they have a cap situation that's kind of untenable, but it might inject some hope into the fan base to go for it. And I mean, when you're the hottest team, it might not last, it's a risky proposition, but I, I wonder if they don't make any trades, any any selling trades. It's it's a tough one. Yeah, I think I mean, there's the, a lot of excitement going on here. The door is wide open for a lot of these teams. I mean, you said um, in terms of like the wild card spots, Dallas, Nashville, who we've talked about, Edmonton, Anaheim, and Vancouver are kind of the like the, the five teams fighting for those last two spots. I mean, Winnipeg is two points, uh, not two points, four points behind Vancouver, but. Uh, they had a middling record in their last 10 games, 4-4-2. Four, four, and two. So um, they they don't really seem to be into it unless they can really, you know, make a big, big push. But it just kind of feels not too little too late. But they have a, they have a long road ahead of them if they want to climb uh, to the wild card. But, you know, there is, you know, it, it, the door is open for a lot of these teams. Dallas seems to be cementing, you know, their spot. For now, even but even if I is as I say that they're only one point above Nashville, they just have uh, been really good these past ten games. Um, and like you said, Anaheim is probably going to be the team that falls out of it first. Uh, 
that makes the most sense. They've been kind of, you know, middling uh, to bad for a little while now. And it, it kind of sucks that, you know, we, we won't see, you know, Trevor Zegras and Troy Terry and all them in the, in the playoffs and stuff like that, but their time will come. I'm really still optimistic overall on the ducks in terms of like their future. Um, so I don't think there's anything to be like super upset about. I think that they had some really good moments this year. No, yeah, you're right. Their time is 100% going to come. And I think they knew that coming into the season that this was not a year they expected to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They just surprised everyone at the first half of the season. And they were like, okay, we've got something in our pocket here. But next year, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like uh, the Kings because, you know, I'm going to continue beating the drum that I was right on the Kings and, you know, 100%. That, that, you know, they were, you know, a team that could, you know, really take a step forward this year. Uh, and they have, they're currently second in the Pacific and, uh, you know, pretty, pretty comfortable that they're going to make the playoffs now. Um, but it's, it's really awesome to see, like, finally we have like, you know, playoff phrases to talk about. We've, you know, mentioned the East and how it's all locked up and there's really nothing to talk about, but it's, awesome that you know we're you know we've got like a a legitimate race on our hands um and these are all fun teams i mean edmonton they've got like a handful of the best players in the world their goaltending situation makes it uh makes their games even that more exciting because you never know when uh conor mcdavid and leon drysada are going to score goals but then you know they could very well just give them back up again because their goaltending situation is bad um and you know the dallas stars have been on a heater jason robertson uh you know had back-to-back hat tricks um god he's good hey yeah he's really good um after being you know uh you know part of the calder hype last year and uh we talked about the predators how they can make some noise uh and vancouver like you said um i don't like the the more that the canucks win the less likely i see jt miller moving because why not try and you know make like keep your guys make a push um because it, the West is more is way more open in the East. There's a lot more room to move around. Um, and I think if you're a smart GM, like like I was talking about with Nashville, you you probably, you know, keep your pieces um, and see where you, it can take you because it all, all it takes, like we said, is one hot goaltender and you can upset any team, any and even yep. the top teams, even Colorado. Like like at the it, very least, you can upset Toronto. Yeah. So but it is uh, it's really fascinating coming into uh the like the last couple months of the season because um finally there's playoff races to talk about but it you know like i said anaheim would be the team is that is likely going to fall out first um but i would vancouver is such an interesting situation but you know how much would jt miller command on the market in terms of like like there's probably teams that really really want him um in terms of his salary like he's got another year on his contract He's only making five point two five million. He plays center and left wing. If you get, he's just twenty eight years old. Like that is, a, it's a. Really he would get what Toffoli got at least, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think you at least have to consider it if you're Vancouver because, like, I wouldn't move JT Miller until like deadline day, uh, because you're probably going to get teams that are maybe depending on how the market goes maybe desperate for somebody like JT Miller um, and what he provides. And if you're the Canucks, I would, you know. I would probably keep him, but I would, you know, keep your, you know, keep your options open because if some team offers a ridiculous package for him, sure, you, your playoff hopes might be sunk this year, but if you can get some really awesome stuff in return or, you know, other draft picks that you can turn into something else, like, I don't, you at least have to consider it. 
I think. And it is yeah. just, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of noise around JT Miller uh, as the, as we get closer to the deadline in two weeks. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm really hoping that this is a good deadline because it feels like we haven't had one in a while with the NHL. It feels like the deadline with the most potential in a very long time. Yes. Right. And like, we say it, it just ends, you know, those weeks will like the next two weeks will come and go and nothing will have happened. But I mean, hope. yes, that that is very much a possibility. Yeah. I feel like Vancouver is such an interesting team based on like the rumors that are going around are either that they trade JT Miller or that they decide to keep him because they really like JT Miller and they trade both of Brock Besser and Connor Garland. And I look at it and I'm like, how much did Jim Benning and his group screw up this team? Yeah. That they're thinking of trading three young-ish forwards who are all really, really, really good. Yeah. Who are on decent contracts. Like, I don't think Brock Besser is going to make a crazy amount considering what Elias Pettersson signed for. And the reason they have to trade them is because they're paying Oliver ekman Larson. 7.3 million for infinity years and Tyler Myers 6 million for another three years and Travis Hamanick 3 million for another Do two years like buyouts left because that not compliance ones like oh. I don't know what it, I can look up what Ekman Larson's buyout would look like oh or Tyler just... Myers but it's just Jim Benning just really screwed them. It's so like, bad. What have they done? I like, know this, their forward core is something you can build a contender out of, and they might have to blow that up because they have so many dumb contracts on defense of all players who bring negative value. Mary, like, uh, it uh, pains my soul. I know. As someone I can who hear covers it. this part, this part, this sport. Sorry, I can't even say the word. It's awful. I, I can tell I can tell by the tone of your voice that it, it's just it's frustrating because you can see the path forward here. If only, you know, Jim Benning didn't royally screw it up by adding contracts that made no sense. Like, wh why trade for Oliver Ekman Larson? I don't I don't get it. I have no idea what he's even provided to the team. I honestly forgot he was even on there. He's such a non <laughs> like no, no offense to him as a person. He's probably like, go get that bread and all that stuff. But like, still, it makes no sense for the Canucks. And it is a shame that, you know, such a bright young forward core, like you said, might have to get dismantled because of cap nonsense. And it is just, it's a shame. Uh, so the, the Canucks have a lot of questions uh, they're going to have to answer. And like I said, we'll see. But they're definitely a team to keep an eye out for because of the amount of like, the players that they could sell, even though they probably shouldn't. The players that they could sell um, at this deadline is pretty high. And, you know, it's it just sucks for the Canucks. Like the, the warning signs were all there and they've, you know, crossed over the threshold and it's going to be. It's going to be so difficult to get out of this unscathed. They've, they've crossed the event horizon, basically, and yeah. you know, they're slipping further and further towards the towards the black hole. And I don't think they're going to get back unscathed. I think, you know, something has to give with this team. Yeah. Just to put this into context, the uh, evolving hockey website, which you have to uh, pay a subscription for to access, has a, like a, a model essentially to measure how much your impact on the game translates into wins wins above replacement obviously familiar with baseball fans it's just called war but uh, connor garland and jt miller are the two top players on the vancouver canucks 
Oliver Ekman Larson is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th on the team in War Impact. This is what you're going to have to keep because the contract is unmovable. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. No, I mean, they did acquire Ekman Larson and Connor Garland in the same trade, but man, you got to find a way to get yourself out of that because I think there's times where teams, they don't want to um, take a, a crappy deal for a player because they could get more for a player in a trade, right? Like trade a better player instead of a crappy player because you can get more for the better player. But sometimes you have to eat it in order to keep what you have that's good and worthwhile together. And that's one of the things that I liked about when Kent Hughes talked about what he's planning to do with the Montreal Canadiens. He was saying like, there are some trades that he's going to have to make where you might not get back what you think you're going to get back because you just have to move those people. Right. And the Vancouver Canucks seem like, I don't know much about their management team outside of uh, Rachel Dory and Emily Kassengay. I think that there's enough creativity there though, that they can find a way to get something else accomplished other than trading all these good players. I, I hope they do it just for Vancouver Canucks fans who have been (laughs) very angry for a long time. They seem like they're in good hands now. It's just like, how successful will they be in getting out of this? Um, I mean, we've seen, you know, Teams finagled their way with Stanley Cap, Stanley Cap, uh, salary cap shenanigans. You know, it's it. There are avenues there. It's poss- It's very possible. Um, it's just going to be a tough road for them for sure. For sure. All right, uh, that we're going to wrap it there, and we're going to talk about our pop culture segment coming up next. But first, we got to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting built uh, protein bar on the market. This is the time of the year that uh, I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution at all because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried Puffs? It's If you haven't, you're missing out because it's one of the best Built Bars that they've made yet. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a full-on treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart and you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber low carb most built bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein compare that to a candy bar which usually has about 240 calories and 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs mint brownie coconut almond and new for this month white chocolate cookies and cream they're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time if they think of a flavor might be good they'll make it it'll be delicious and it'll be good for you At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. All right, Mary, I know you're still playing Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, 
you got anything else to talk? Have you beaten it yet? Have you? Uh, I did. I beat the main defeated story. Defeated the game. Yeah. But have you gotten like the platinum? Or have no, you I'm working. Completed. On it. I'm working. <laughs> I'm that. That is my mission for this week: is to uh, plat the game, do everything I want to in the world. Uh, I'm still probably going to keep it on my PlayStation Five because I won't spoil any late game mechanics. But there is a late game mechanic that has really broken this world open for me, and I am just having a lot of fun. Uh, I just don't want to spoil it because um, it. Is really it's a spoiler. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I did is I actually watched Deadpool for the first time with my friends. Um, You'd never seen kids. Deadpool? No, I've never have seen Deadpool. Wow. No. Yeah, uh, but it was fun. we had a good time watching it. Um, well, I, I don't know how good the second movie is. Is the second one better? I feel like, did the second uh, one come out during the middle of the pandemic and I just forgot? Like, No, it, it was like... before. Okay. Uh, the second one's not better. I feel like it doesn't work quite as well, mm -hmm. but it's still good. I feel like I enjoyed the second one more the second time that I saw it. The okay. first time, I think I, I expected too much, but it, it is very good. Yeah, I had a good time. We had a good time watching it. Um, I And it also, uh, some of my friends were like, I didn't realize Careless Whisper had lyrics. And I'm like, you didn't realize Careless Whisper had lyrics? <laughs> so so uh, I, I at least, like, you know, I'm not always, you know, up to date on all the stuff as you can tell because i only just watched deadpool but i did at least know that uh so at least i can hold that over my friends because like, what a good song that is like it's not just the like dumb mimi sax part or whatever like it's it's a good song and i hope uh you know my friends recognize that because like i said it was <laughs> really good film uh i didn't realize how many like x-men jokes there would be mostly because i really don't know much about deadpool overall as like a superhero um but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Cast was fun. It's a shame. Uh, what's her name from The Mandalorian um, is in it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the I was Nazi. Like, man. Yes. I was like, man, <laughs> once upon a time, I used to find her so attractive. And now it's just a shame. It's like, why? At least she gets like punched <laughs> in the face multiple times during this movie. It was like, <laughs> we had a good time. We just had a good time watching it. Like I said, we're, uh, we've been watching movies together over Discord um, every week. Um, and we might actually watch uh, wrestling because my one friend is really into wrestling and the, what is it, AEW thing mm -hmm. that happened on Sunday uh, was supposedly really good. He has, he, we're doing a whole thing, but maybe I'll also watch wrestling for the first time uh, in a couple weeks. We'll see. So it's wrestling's fun. Yeah, that's what my friend says. Uh, and, you know, it, it'd be cool to, you know, indulge his interest and, you know, actually get, like, get into it because it feels like sometimes he's just, you know, talking about these things and we're like yeah we don't we don't know what it is and uh he's mad at me specifically because i'm a sports person and i just don't like wrestling but that could very well change so you know be on the lookout if in a couple of weeks i talk about like how i actually enjoy wrestling now hey it's a success but what about you andrew is there anything you've uh, been doing i will send you a video that explains wrestling and why it's like actually intriguing okay i, I think i think it'll it'll make it feel how it is like it'll, it'll explain it and you'll get into it a little bit easier uh for me i didn't get a chance to watch much this weekend i did finish uh last one laughing canada last night which ended uh mostly how i expected but it was really heartwarming in the end and and uh, i i really enjoyed the series overall i want to see more tom green on my tv that's like my biggest takeaway is i feel like he needs a comeback because uh Man, he is just such an innovator, and I, I don't think he gets nearly the respect that he deserves for changing comedy and changing television. I mean, like, I think I said it on the show last week that I don't think things like Jackass would exist without him. 
I don't think that uh, things like the Eric Andre show would exist about without him. I don't think punked would have happened like all that stuff that kind of defined the early two thousands to mid two thousands does not happen without Tom green. And the fact that he started on like local access television in Ottawa and the risks that he took, like my first exposure to Tom green was he stole his parents' car and this is while he was not making any money, just on local access television for Ottawa, and did a custom airbrush painting of like essentially a sex scene on the hood of his parents' car, and then filmed from like behind the garbage can on their driveway as his dad woke up and saw their car and reacted to it. And it was so funny for teenage Andrew that uh <laughs> Obviously stuck with him for a very long time, but uh, yeah, Tom Green needs to be back on TV. I think uh, he probably wouldn't do the same stuff anymore, but give him an outlet and uh, see what he's got going for him because he is fantastic. Uh, Anything else that you had uh, in the docket there, Mary? Nope, that was it. Uh, Just having a good time. And now that it's, you know, nice outside, you know. Enjoying the oh, nice weather. Outside. I'm so so. I'm yes. so sorry, Andrew. I'm so sorry. But spring spring will be here shortly. I I really hope for you know, for you because you know it must not be nice being cooped up with your with your kids inside. You, you know, need to get them outside and stuff like uh, that. We went out. We went outside this weekend. They did some puddle splashing on Sunday. Uh, and Saturday we just kind of like walked around. It was uh, still snowy, so they played in the snow. At least so you can do you, that. Yeah, it's just a lot of cleanup after, but that's okay. You get used to it. I mean the. The summer will be just as bad because it'll be parks and sand everywhere. But now that we have the robot vacuum, I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> so our our house is actually clean on the floors for like the first time in th- nice. three or four years. So I'm really enjoying that purchase. I would not uh, go back on that. The only thing I would change maybe is like have it buy one of the ones that does like the self emptying. Uh-huh. But, you know, maybe in a couple of years we make that upgrade. But that's all we have for you today for the Crosscheck NHL show. Thank you for listening with us and making us your first listen every Tuesday and Friday. Now make your second listen, the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Show. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy hockey league or fantasy league in any sport. Sorry, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.